Welcome to Odo Mentor, the podcast that provides mentorship for your otolaryngology career. I'm your host, Christina Cabrera-Muffley. All opinions expressed in this podcast are solely my own or my guests and do not express the views or opinions of my employer. This is Episode 7, Pregnancy and Childbirth in Otolaryngology Residency. My guest today is Emily Ambrose, who recently graduated from the University of Colorado Otolaryngology Residency Program. Before residency, Emily graduated from the University of North Carolina Medical School. She is currently pursuing a laryngology fellowship at Vanderbilt. While at the University of Colorado, Emily was an excellent resident and inspired the coining of the phrase, quote, Ambrose it, end quote, which means to get things done efficiently and correctly the first time. In addition to being a star resident, she also made time to create another human being during her chief year and delivered beautiful Eleanor this past February. Emily has graciously agreed to talk about her experiences with pregnancy, delivery, and life with a newborn during residency. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for asking me to participate. My pleasure. Let's go back to the beginning and ask, how did you decide on otolaryngology as a specialty? So I got into medicine through public health. I spent most of my undergraduate time doing epidemiology um, and public health and thought that when I was in, I went to medical school with the goal of probably being an epidemiologist um, and doing public health policy. And during my first year, just happened to go to an otolaryngology interest group meeting pretty early on and thought it was really neat. They had a private practice ENT who was talking about kind of a regular day or regular week for him and the variety of cases that he did and patients that he saw. And I thought it was really neat. So what have you discovered that you like the best about our field now that you're in it? (laughs) Well, since I'm headed to do laryngology fellowship, laryngology, uh, (laughs) but I initially was really drawn to the anatomy and just the quality of life aspect about laryngology in general. I know that you have all these great accomplishments in your career, but I asked you to be on today because I want to talk about being pregnant and having a baby during your residency, which is a really hard thing. And so I felt like you were really close to this, having had a child three months ago. So tell me your thoughts about starting a family during residency. What played into this decision-making process? So I initially had thought, I've always wanted to have kids, um, and initially had thought that I would wait until I got done with training before starting a family. And some of my really close friends from medical school all ended up going into non-surgical specialties, but they were able to start families in residency and talking to them and some of our faculty here. I got the sense that there's no good time. that each stage of a medical career, that there are different challenges. And so while there are challenges in residency, it's not impossible. So that kind of got me started thinking about it. So do you think your friends who are in non-surgical fields, it was more acceptable? I think more acceptable and the rotations are structured that it's, um, I think, a little bit easier. For example, one of my best friends from medical school um, is a pediatrician, and so some of their, they have elective time, which they're able to use. They have a kind of easier flexibility in moving their research time. Certain uh, rotations involve, um, I think she ended up doing an elective for care of the newborn infant where she got to hang out with her kid. 
And so I think there's just more built-in flexibility just because it's so common for residents and particularly family medicine and peds, which are where my friends were, to have children. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, the other one I think is OBGYN because mm-hmm. it's yeah. so skewed towards female residents. So when you talk to your husband and your family about this plan, did they have any advice? Did they have any recommendations for you? Well, you know, I talked to my husband and he, both of us kind of felt like we didn't want to put that aspect of our lives on hold any longer. And I've been really fortunate to have a lot of support from him and from my family that we would figure it out. <laughs> Good. That's great. Did you try to time your resident, your pregnancy at all during the residency so that you could maximize your mm-hmm. time off? Yeah. So I would say that trying to time pregnancy is great. Um, things don't necessarily work out the way that you would hope or plan. Um, I think there's some times that would be less ideal, particularly I did not want to be pregnant as a junior resident trying to take junior calls since junior calls so busy. So being a senior resident, having more flexibility in terms of my day-to-day schedule and less call was really helpful. But yeah, as I said, it's really challenging to time to try to time things. You know, I tried initially where we were initially pregnant in my fourth year um, and would have had the baby at the end of my fourth year, but had a miscarriage, which in and of itself had a lot of challenges. Yeah, for sure. I I had miscarriage myself, and that was really a tough situation. I also, it was similar. I tried to get pregnant earlier in my chief year Mm -hmm. just so that I could deliver right after I graduated and then had a miscarriage and had to try it again later. So that's a very tough thing to time. Yeah. Did you have to do any extra time off? Uh, did you have any you know, health issues or, or uh, things that you had to kind of change your schedule before you delivered? So I was really fortunate that the attendings where I was rotating um, were really, really understanding. So certainly, you know, overall pregnancy was not ended up not being complicated, but at times had some concerns about introducing growth restriction and doing um, Dopplers and things like that. So it did involve for a period of time quite a few doctor's visits and, you know, at some point in time discussion of whether I would need to end up being on bed rest. And so fortunately, didn't have to go down that route. But my attendings and the rotation I was on were really understanding about, you know, prioritizing my health um, and made it really easy for me to get to the appointments I needed to so I didn't have to take off any extra time. Yeah, that must have been a relief yes. to not have to do yes. that because the the next thing I want to ask you is about maternity leave. Yeah. So as you are very well versed <laughs> on this, um, and we've had many conversations about this, so the ABOTO, in order to be able to sit for your boards, you can't take more than right. six weeks off any given year. And then, of course, the GME, uh, Graduate Medical Education Office, at each institution is slightly different mm-hmm. in their rules, but generally they're not going to be better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they were, the ABOTO trumps that. So how much maturity leave did you get? And what do you think about what are your thoughts about that? So I ended up um, getting four weeks of leave based off of the number of days I'd taken a couple educational days to go to a conference earlier in the year. Um, and then we're, was saving a couple days at the end to try to move um, before starting fellowship. And so I used the remaining time 
for maternity leave, and it was really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Did not feel like enough time. Yeah. It was really hard to come back. It's really hard as a program director to have to tell you that I can't yeah. give you more time. Although, I could technically give you more time, but then you'd have to extend your residency, which doesn't right. work for people going to fellowship. Yeah, and I think had I not been going into fellowship that I probably would have wanted to just take more time and extend, honestly, because I thought it was really hard to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about that experience coming back. I mean, what was what were the most difficult parts of that? I think just trying to focus on work at work. You know, I'm really fortunate that my husband was able to stagger his parental leave um, and save up vacation. So he's been able to stay home with the baby, which has been really, really awesome. But more just thinking about focusing on taking care of patients when I'm here, not just thinking about what's the baby doing, how's she doing, trying to figure out breastfeeding, all of those things were really hard. Yeah. And then uh, talking about breastfeeding, so how did you make that work as far as pumping or, you know, at work? What were the pitfalls there that you had to overcome? I think that one of my really good friends had told me that to find kind of a breastfeeding champion or find someone who was going to advocate for me and, you know, would help support me or do things so that I could take time for myself to go pump um, and just to be really encourage me to be really unapologetic about needing to take time to do that. Um, and then in talking with some of my attendings here that also breastfed um, and pumped ideas about schedule and faces and pumps and equipment and all that kind of stuff. And so I think um, I was really fortunate to have some really good resources um, and support for places to go in the hospital and tricks to try to make this work. Yeah. And I think that's becoming more common than it used to be, but it's still, I've still heard stories not that long ago about people, you know, pumping in the bathroom stall, which, you know, is not ideal. Right. And then also refrigerating the milk once Mm -hmm. you pump it that's can also be an issue those are difficulties that that we have to go through about this it sounds like your husband's staying home so does that last until you move yeah a little bit after we move and get settled in okay so then what's your child care plan when you get to fellowship daycare okay Mm -hmm. so that'll be hard Probably daycare is probably frequent grandparent visits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. dropping my kids off at daycare, and it was it was hard. But yeah, yeah, you have to do what you have to do. Given your experiences recently, what advice would you give to other female otolaryngology residents who are considering having a baby either during residency or you know being pregnant during residency? I think it's really hard, but totally worth it. And you know, some of the things about being pregnant in residency, I thought, oh, you know, I'm used to being tired and working a lot, both being pregnant and also having a newborn. It's a different type of sleep deprivation, I think. So kind of knowing your limits, limiting kind of extraneous things, not trying to take on too much and having really good support is really helpful. So family support, spouse support, a really good network of friends that can talk you off the edge or text you in the middle of the night when you're still up feeding your baby. It's really helpful. And what advice would you give faculty members about how to best support women who have a baby during residency? I think just trying to be patient and try to normalize things. So if your resident needs to go pump, not make it weirder into a big deal, just 
you know, let them go, know that they're, know that they're coming back, know that they're trying to do the work and do all the things, but just make it normal. Do you anticipate any hardships during fellowship having a young baby? Yeah, I think the daycare, um, starting her off in daycare certainly is has me a bit nervous trying to see how that plays out. Um, and then trying to figure out just new schedule, new, new people, and working in um, when and where I'm going to pump and all that good stuff. But I think that I think it'll be good. So last question, if your daughter, who is adorable, by the way, um, <laughs> told you that she wanted to become an otolaryngologist, what would you tell her? So medicine in general or specifically <laughs> otolaryngologist? How about both? You know, I think when I was growing up, my dad discouraged me. He's a gastroenterologist, and he discouraged me from going into medicine, and it was something that I didn't really understand because I thought, oh, this is so cool. How could anyone not want to do this? And I think that there's certainly some challenges in medicine that are really frustrating that, you know, aside from patient care or even, you know, with difficult patients that make it a rewarding yet challenging career. So I think if she were to do medicine, otolaryngology is great, but I think there are a lot of also really great careers that she could look into. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, you have some time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is there anything else that you want to add? I think so. Well, thanks so much for being on the show and for sharing these very personal things. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I think other uh, women otolaryngology residents will really get a lot out of this. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. If you like what you just heard, or didn't, please go to my show notes page to let me know your thoughts. There you will find a link to a brief survey so I can improve the quality of this podcast. I would greatly appreciate your help.